0: Good evening, church family. Um, We are so excited to worship with you this morning. And um, my name is Chris. I'm on staff here at the church um, in the youth department and I lead worship, um, I love to, with our Pursuit community on Sunday nights. Um, And I got Jess with me and Melissa on the keys from our Pursuit community. And we got Zoe here from the South community and Donovan from the 33 community. And we're so happy to just come together as a team and lead you guys in worship Um, so yeah in your space where you are I just invite you to to take this time and just quiet yourself before Jesus, before the throne so God we thank you for this God, we thank you that um, in spite of everything that's going on in this world um, the fact that we're still online and we still can't gather like we used to, God, you are working and you you work in ways we never could imagine. So I thank you for that. And I ask, Holy Spirit, would you fill us? Would you fill us in our homes right now? Come into our homes. Just rush in like that, that holy wind, like in the upper room like you did, God, in the Bible. Um, we just, I want you presence and as as we sing this morning we declare that you are good god and and you are worthy of all our praise so we just we praise you we love you pray this in your name amen
1: Did you feel the mountains tremble? Did you hear the oceans roar? When the people rose to sing Jesus Christ the risen one Did you feel the people tremble? Did you hear the singers roar? when the lost began to sing of jesus christ the saving one and we see that god's moving mighty river through the nations when young and old return to jesus
2: thing wide you heavenly gates Declare the way of the reason, Lord. Open up the doors. Let the music play. Let the streets, trees, down with. Songs that bring your joy dancers to dance upon each
1: did you feel the darkness tremble when all the saints join in one song and all the streams flow as one river Wash away our brokenness and we see the God you're moving a time of jubilee
2: is coming
1: young and old return turn to Jesus we sing thing wide,
2: thing why you have gaze Prepare the way of the risen Lord. Open oh, up the doors and let the music play. Let the streets resound with singing. Some say. that bring no joy, dancers to dance upon injustice. Sing that again. Oh, and open up the doors and let the music play, let the streets Songs that bring your hope, songs that bring your joy. Dancers, you dance upon injustice. Did you feel the
1: mountains tremble? Did you hear the oceans roar? When the people rose to sing Jesus Christ the risen one, you're the risen one. We declare our love for you this morning. Just declare that from our homes.
3: I won't be overwhelmed Give me vision To see things like you do God, I look to you And you're where my help comes from Give me wisdom You know just what to do to you and I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you and you're where my health comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. And I will love you, Lord, my strength, and I will love you, Lord, my shield, and I will love you, Lord, my rock, forever all my days, I will love you, God. to you and I won't be overwhelmed give me vision to see things like you do God I look to you you're where my health comes from give me wisdom you know just what to do and I will love you Lord, my strength. And I will love you, Lord, my shield. And I will love you, Lord, my rock. Forever oh Hallelujah, our God race. and hallelujah.
4: me to still every wave at your name Jesus Jesus you make the darkness tremble Jesus Jesus you silence fear Jesus Jesus you make the darkness tremble Jesus Jesus Call these bones to live and call these lungs to sing once again. I will praise, breathe and call these bones to live and call these lungs to sing once again. And I will praise. Jesus, you silence fear, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. Your name is a light that the shadows can't deny, your name. shadows can't deny The shadows can't deny your name cannot be overcome Your name is alive forever lifted high Your name cannot be overcome Sing his name out Jesus Jesus You make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. You silence fear, Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. Father, we thank you for the power that your name brings that in the darkness that we live in, Father, every day as things are complicated and messy, Father, that your name brings light into that darkness. It is powerful. It is love. And we're so thankful that every day we don't have to face without you. I pray that we can bring that name to our everyday lives, Father be that light in the darkness that people are are living in.
0: Thanks, church family. We love you guys a lot. Um, I just wanted to mention one thing um, for, for those of you with uh, youth, anywhere from grade 6 to 12, we have um, ARC day camps coming at the end of August, and we would love for you guys to come. You can register online. Um, the grade 6 camps, they're in two-day camps, so grade 6 to 8 camps are August 24th and 25th, And then grade 9 and 10 camps are August 27th, 28th. And then August 26th, we're going to have a fun day for the grade 11s and 12s down at City Park. If you guys have any questions, you can email me, Jesse Stewart, or Jenna Stewart. And um, yeah, we want you guys to come to camp. And if you need any help, let us know. Anyways, we love you, church. And um, yeah, have a great day.
5: Hello, Willow Park Church. My name is Courtney. Whether you're joining us from church online or one of our dwell gatherings, welcome and here's your family news. The Ark is moving to Maple Springs Bible Camp this summer for two exciting day camps at the end of August. These camps are for youth in grades six to 10. Registration is now open. We are also collecting donations for those who would like to support youth to go to camp this year. All of that information plus registration can be found online at cahoots.ca slash ARC. Do you have kids? If you do, we hope that you're part of our online community on Facebook. Every week we are posting fun family challenges, craft time videos, family devotions, and more. Visit the Willow Park Church family's Facebook page at facebook.com slash groups slash wpcfamilies. Willow Park Church in Lake Country will be putting on their 11th annual back-to-school giveaway on Sunday, August 30th. At this event, we will be giving away brand new backpacks, lunch kits, clothing, and more to families in need in Lake Country. We want to get behind this event as a church family, and we are collecting donations through our Caring Commission Fund. If you'd like to know more about this event and how you can make a donation, visit willowparkchurch.com backtoschool. That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service.
6: Well, good morning, everybody. Great to uh, welcome you <coughs> this morning. Don't worry, that's just a dry morning throat. Uh, it's great to m- welcome you this morning. And for those of you that are online, we're so delighted that you've come and joined us at Church Online or on Facebook. And also for those that are joining us live across in the gym at the moment this morning. So we give you a big Hooray and cheer and thank you for joining us there in the gym. I know that Scott Hildebrandt is leading worship like uh, Donovan Clarsen just did. He did a great job. First time you've led worship in a long time, hasn't it? You know. So, uh well done. Uh Donovan, thank you. <clears throat> Not easy behind a little fish tank there that uh, that we have to do, so uh, a great job, and it was good to really spend time in the presence of God, worshiping and being together i 'm so happy in this venue to see so many familiar faces and faces that I have not seen for a long time and I wondered whether you were still out there i don 't know, but you are <clears throat> and some of you have had um, Uh, quite some challenges over the last uh, five months, and so I'm really blessed that you have taken the time to come and to sit with me as I preach to the globe that God will move and work. You may wonder, is God reaching anybody? Well, I was preaching here a week ago, and somebody was in uh, Worcestershire, England, and they happened to log on, and they listened to the sermon, and they gave their lives to Jesus Christ. So, that was, that's good. And another lady, do you remember last week I told you a story about walking through St. Mary's uh, graveyard? Well, a lady was walking through St. Mary's Graveyard, listening to the service as I was talking about St. Mary's Graveyard. <clears throat> what a crazy world we live in. And what amazing um, opportunity. And she messaged me and said, oh, I, was, I was taking the dog for a walk when you were talking about the actual church. And I was in that actual gravestone looking at tombstones. So, um, and of course, our whole journey has been To this time to do some reflections out of the most beautiful psalm, Psalm 23. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, before I get into this, I want to remind you that you can support Willow Park Church, our ministry online, in person. If you're new here, one of our lovely people, uh, Walter Harp, has made well, I can only describe as an Ark of the Covenant as you walk out there, where you can drop your offering in. He's made these wonderful boxes, and so uh, and they're very COVID secure. As you leave, do look at the box, even if you don't put anything in it. Uh, <clears throat> it's a great job, and he's done uh, superbly. Look at that. As if I spoke, it shall happen. Okay, we'll... Um, Thanks, Jen. That's brilliant. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What's in a name? Now, I know a little bit about this because for some reason, when I tell people my name, their eyebrows go up. It's like I've said, hi, my name is Elvis. What's in the name? Uh, Phil Collins. And of course, for those of you that don't know, instantly... When I mentioned that my name happens to be Phil Collins, I want to tell you, I come from a long line of Phil Collinses. My grandfather was a Phil Collins. I come from a line of Collinses and Phil's. You know, there is a prince, Prince Philip. We don't talk about him now. But um, a wonderful, you know, name, Philip. There's King Philip of Spain. And then there's Phil Collins, the singer. And they go to me, they always, the moment I say my name is Phil Collins, do you know what people always say of a certain generation? In fact, of every generation. Because if you were a headbanger in the 70s and 80s, he was a drummer in Genesis. If you're a love-struck, swoony eyed middle-aged person in the late 80s, he was a solo singer and sang about love. And the, the most successful solo singer in the 80s, by the way. Phil Collins, and then he made a Disney film so that it covered every generation. I sat on this very bench, a seven-year-old girl sat next to me, and she said, do you know that you've got the same name? Yeah, I know of the rocker, the rocker from Genesis, of the guy who wrote Tarzan's song and sang in Tarzan. I said, oh, everybody. So these are the questions I get when my name is mentioned. One, do you sing? Because they assume, because I've got the same name, I can sing. If you sit next to me, the answer is no. (laughs) Two, do you play the drums? The answer is resounding no. I only played drums once in the church, and that was when they were desperate, and that was in a place called Manning, Alberta, uh, when I was a youth travelling, I was 17 years old, and I played in the little Pentecostal church when I was on tour and it was the, possibly the worst thing you could ever have heard, it was, I was like a chimpanzee with some drumsticks, no, the third thing they ask is, do you wear gorilla suits, now you have to know the advert for that, instantly, They assume, oh no, the other one is, are you related? Because Phil Collins, Phil Collins, of which I always say, yes, he's my uncle. So so the name conjures up ideas, the name conjures up a concept, the name conjures up something. When we, we hear somebody's name, it conjures up. Actually, when you get to know somebody or familiar with somebody, names conjure up ideas. You think of the name of Margaret Thatcher, for, for Canadians, you think of a steely, strong, powerful woman who was not for turning, right? The name conjures up something. If you're a northern miner, another name conjures up something for her name, if you were a member of the unions. You know, if you think of Boris Johnson, my, uh, uh, well, not my, mine's called Justin Trudeau, and he's a Disney prince. But, um, if you think of uh, these um, names, they conjure up things. And I, names conjure up concepts, ideas, thoughts, characteristics. The Lord is my shepherd. What does this conjure up in your mind? The Lord is my shepherd. Well, first of all, you have to understand what the word the Lord means. Well, actually, it means the Lord Yahweh. Now, there are many names for God, but many of the ancient names, uh, um, that is like Yahweh, El Shaddai, these ancient, beautiful names that mean so much. Um, And and Yahweh is the most frequently used name in the Old Testament. It's often uh, translated Jehovah, of course. Uh, Yahweh as Jehovah. And when you hear the name Jehovah, Yahweh, what comes into your mind? You see, what the writer of the Psalms wants to do is he wants to remind you exactly who your shepherd truly is. Yahweh. So if you interpret this or oh, say, no, they, Yahweh Is my shepherd. I shall not want. What a statement. Yahweh is my shepherd. So what does the word Yahweh mean? What does it would it conjure up? Well, the very it's hard at times to explain the amazing character of Yahweh. But the word means the Lord is sub, He is self-subsistent. Now, what does that mean, self-subsistent? It means the Lord is independent. He needs nothing to exist. He just exists. He has always existed. He will always exist. And he exists for all time. He's eternal. He is independent. He is subsistent. He is present and he has always existed. Think about that. God has always existed and he does not depend upon anybody else or anybody. Now, I am not self-subsistent. I may have my retirement plan. I may have an ability, but there are things that I depend on in life. Yes? Food. Air to breathe. Things around me. The love of my wife as she greeted you coming in here. There are things that we we need in life. But God, you see, is eternal. God, you see, is great. God, you see, is glorious. And when it says the Lord is my shepherd, what it's actually saying is Yahweh, the one who is eternal, the one who has always existed, the one who is present, he is my shepherd. Shepherd. Now that should give us confidence for every situation, every problem and every difficulty we face because the God that has reached out to you and has saved your soul, the God that gave us Jesus Christ as he died upon the cross to redeem us from sins, this God is the eternal, self-subsistent God who has always existed and always will existed and needs nothing to exist. He exists and you you are his child. Amen? That is wonderful. That's why you should not want, and I don't know why this has come up, but uh, it's perhaps a word from the Lord for you. Um, the next one, I want to go to Romans. There we go. I want to go back to Romans one twenty, as we think about Yahweh the self-subsistent God. Romans 1.20, ever since the creation of the world, his eternal power and divine nature, invisible though they are, have been understood and seen through the things he has made. God is invisible. But we understand God's invisible nature through what he has created. Think about it again. God is invisible. We know that, God is spirit, God is present. He's not somebody with a long uh, hair, uh, beard, uh, sitting on a throne somewhere. God is so awesome and he he is invisible, yet the invisible presence of Yahweh has created everything that is visible. That blows my mind. Whether it's a grasshopper or a galaxy, God is responsible for the smallest grasshopper and the greatest galaxies. He's always existed. Whether it is a beautiful forest that we see and the oceans that we experience and the world that we live in, the very matter itself, the very everything in, in this world, God has, out of, his, out of the invisible, God has created the visible, including you and I. But the difference with you and I is that you and I are created in his image. Now, we know that things of matter do pass away. They do change. But the one thing is, God never changes. God will never pass away. And you know what there is? There's a part of you that is made in the image of God, which is invisible. And that part of you that is made in the image of God, that is invisible, will live forever and eternity. <clears throat> You're going to live for eternity. The invisible part of you that you cannot see like the invisible part of God you cannot see, you will live for eternity. That's what the end of the psalm, it says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So don't, as I've said through this little series, don't live the Psalm 23 when you're dead. Live it now, live it with confidence, live it with God's strength, because what you know is is that you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and you serve Yahweh. Yahweh is present, he is invisible, but all that is visible has been created by our God. That should give you confidence to get through the problems of tomorrow. That should give you confidence to keep moving forward that difficult situation that you are facing in life. We know that, but there is an invisible part of you, isn't there? And that is what God has created, the, the image of God within you. You see, those of you that are gathered here in the gym, and those of you that are gathered here in the sanctuary, those of you are gathered in lake country, those that are gathered in the mission those at the moment that are listening to this message, and thank you, Scott in the gym for leading, and thank you, Brad Gay, for hosting and doing all of that. And those of you who are on Facebook at the moment or watching Church Online and the many platforms, you actually had to make a decision, particularly those of you that came here. You had to sit down invisib- in, in the invisible part of you and make a decision. I am coming to church, Mm. and therefore you went and you had to go online. Then you got frustrated with the buttons you were pressing, and then you were waiting for the email to return, and then you answered the questions to say that you are not ill, you have not been out the country for 14 uh, days, and you've been in no contact with anybody with COVID, and then after done all that, you may, by a miracle, receive your email of confirmation, and then you walked in here and you were finally greeted, but that was the invisible part of you, your free will to choose to do something right. My dog does not have that. He just, she gets up, looks around, and all of what she wants is food and to go out, come back in, go out and come back in, have a look at the neighbor's dog, come back in. My dog does not sit up one morning and go, I'm going to book myself into church. Neither does any other creature on the planet except you. Why? Because you are made in the image of God. Let's take it another step farther. God is creative. God, we as human beings make decisions. We build build and make beautiful cakes. Uh, Honestly, pastors are happy to try any cakes you make. And we build and make cities, human beings. Why is that? Because we have a creative ability that is the image of God to think about something and to create it in a limited way that reflects the image of God in your life and if you want an example as does God exist, just look at you as a human being and the way that you can think, the invisible part of you, the way that you can create a beautiful cake or build a city. Think of the things that we can do because what God is, God is what we call theologically, if you like, an originator. God originates everything. And I reflect his image in a tiny way by being able to originate things. So when you make that cake, when you build that shed, when you paint that painting, when you sit and think about those plans. Donovan's an engineer, he builds things. When he sits and think about building something, that is the image of God, the creativity. When you sit in Tim Hortons, or you used to, and tell stories, that is the image of God at work. We are the only created things on the planet that tell stories. Did you know that? St- people don't understand how human beings ever learnt to be creative, ever learnt to tell stories. Evolutionary thinkers don't understand how this all came together. There's a moment of what they call enlightenment or when we, when we, we somehow are, they say, our brains went from being animal to becoming conscious, to having relationship, to having stories, to telling great stories and to to creating things? I can answer that very easily. It's because human beings did not evolve. Human beings are created by God, the creator, and within you, the invisible part of you, is the image of God that is within you. And all that is good within you is what Yahweh has created within us. That tells you that you are a lot closer to God than you ever thought. the image of God is in you it's beautiful and so we're able to know that the invisible created the visible and this is a mark that we are here now if that's the case and we serve the Lord is our shepherd Yahweh There is a commandment, in fact two commandments that I want to talk about that are very important for us to consider if the Lord is our shepherd. For you shall not make yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is on earth beneath, or that is in the waters under the earth. You see how offensive idols are to God. Because you are a self sustained, eternal, great, loving God. And human beings choose to worship something that you have brought into existence idols. And the great battle with idols is to worship things above God, of which God has created himself. Now, it's hard for us to think of idols because we don't worship idols in that sense in our culture. I mean, if I come to most of your houses, there's not an image in the corner. But for some people from other countries, I've been to India, I've been around to Africa, I've seen idols, carved images, giving uh, homage to Roman gods, historically, they would pray to these images, these idols, and they would look at them and they would worship them and so on. And idols were a big part of the ancient world. And then God, you know, the Israelites arrive and they're declaring that God is Yahweh. He's self-sustainable. He's invisible. He's the creator. He's everywhere. And you mustn't create an idol, because to create an idol is to worship something that God has made. Hard for you and I to connect, unless you understand that there's another way of us thinking of the word idol. And the way to think of a word of idol is vanity. Anything within us that we put before God and we worship God first is vanity. There's a vanity. And we know that we can worship other things in that vanity our position, our power, our prestige. Whatever those invisible things are, they can become idols as well. As Psalm 24 verse 4 says, and I have to use the King James here, which is awesome, hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity. And there's a danger that we can stop thinking about idols but realise that there are many idols that are hidden, that are unseen and usually they're rooted in our vanity and our greatness and our position. All of these ideas come together in the Tower of Babel actually, because there were human beings made in the image of God and they had all this creativity to build things and so they built this great tower which was usually in the ancient world a tower to invite God to come down to them so that they could manipulate and control God. So the story is about human beings in their own creativity creating a great tower and bringing God down so that they could control God in their vanity And as a result, God, Yahweh, self-sustaining, all-powerful, almighty God says, you're not doing this. And he scatters them and destroys the tower. Because you can't control God with our vanity. We are called to worship God and humble ourselves before the great creator. The challenge you and I have is to say, okay, what vanities are in my life that I really need to lay at the foot of the cross? What arrogance? What do I lift above? And she goes on to say, you shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. That's a hard word, isn't it? Jealousy. We don't like it in our modern culture. It sounds like God's, like we think of a jealous husband is a really difficult personality type. We think of a jealous uh, person, uh, a husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend. Jealousy creates so many difficulties and so much pain and so much intensity. And here God says, I'm a jealous God. A good word actually in the English language Language to replace the word jealous with to help you understand a little bit more of the heart is this word zealous. I am a zealous God. What is He zealous about? That you, his created beings who were created for relationship with him, maintain a relationship with him because all that is in God is good. And the Lord is our shepherd and he loves us and he cares for us and he is zealous for your devotion. And that's why he doesn't want you to have idols, because he's zealous for your devotion. He's zealous for your love. He's zealous for your commitment. He's a zealous God. And that helps me navigate it. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, third, fourth generations, those who hate me, but show mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. I think I would rather live in this line than live in this line. Rebellion against God is not a good move. And God said to Moses, it's really simple on the mountain, put me first and honour me and serve me and you'll be blessed. Have idols and have a divided heart and there's going to be trouble. Because why would you worship anything else apart from Yahweh, the invisible God, that has created all things. You wouldn't, would you? And then it goes on to so say, you shall not take the name of the Lord God in vain. The Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Vanity again, vain. Taking the Lord's name in vain isn't just this idea of cussing, You know, you're you're working on your construction and you've got your hammer and you bang your thumb and what comes out your mouth. You know, we tell our kids, don't you say that. You know, when they happen to say, no. Taking the Lord's name in vain really means not placing God at the highest place in your heart and life. In other words, having other things and other names above God. Having God as the most important, you are so concerned that he's first and before you. Not your success, not your brilliance, not your wonderful good looks, not your amazing personality. Not your success in business and life. Not your intelligence. You never put anything higher than God's name. Because God's name is first. Yahweh. And he is present. Now when we start to understand this, What we realise when you read the Old Testament is that God spent a lot of energy trying to educate the Israelites for a very long history to get them to believe this. But haven't you found that in your life? That God has worked and ministered and whispered and took you through difficult times and challenging times to wake you up spiritually so that the end of the day you have no idols but you worship God and at the end of the day his name is the first name in your life. you not noticed that? Because let me tell you something, God is always willing to educate us to put him first. So I find the best position is always be available to be educated by God. Why? Because he's self sufficient. He's he's eternal, he's great. He's the Lord. And you're on the journey of that education. You're on that journey to growing God. Now this is why we can say I fear no evil for you are with me because when we have a vision of God's name and who God is and we trust that, we think about that, we understand it, the power of fear is broken because you have a vision of the vastness of God from the grasshopper to the galaxy. Fear is broken when you gaze into the name of God, if you like, the character of God. But who is the good shepherd? The truth is this, that Jesus is our shepherd, isn't it? Jesus is our good shepherd. In the prayer of John 17, which you don't often hear many preachers preaching on, um, I feel very challenged to start to uh, dive into it. But he says, I have manifest your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. God's whole journey with Israel was to manifest his name to show them how out of this world God is. He splits the Red Sea. He shows them how amazing. He strikes the firstborn of Egypt. He sends plagues. They're starving in the wilderness and he brings something they've never seen before, manna, that, that is there for a day and gone tomorrow, except just before the Sabbath. And they get two days worth. He brings quail. I mean, you imagine being those people, serving this God. And this God brings water out of rock. This God brings deliverance. This God thunders on the mountain. I mean, this God, he manifests himself to show the Israelites that God's name is great. Got that? And God always wants to show you that his name is great. Jesus manifests in the world to show the world how great God is. Every miracle, every wonder, every feeding of the 4,000 and the 5,000, every moment in those moments in Scripture shows us one thing. It manifests your name to men so that men can know how great God is through Jesus Christ and I have shown them the greatness. And if you want to truly understand God, his personality, then gaze into the eyes of Jesus and see Jesus, because Jesus is the reflection of Yahweh's character as he is came to the world to rescue us. And the more we get to know Jesus, the more we understand the character, the invisible nature of the God who created the galaxies. Have you read 1 Corinthians 13? Love is patient, love is kind. Love is not envious, it is not boastful, it does not. It's not arrogant, it's not self seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong, it honors others the way that it speaks. Does not delight in evil, but rejoices in good. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. You know it. And often you've put your name in there. And gone, this is how I should be. And it's quite depressing because it's hard, isn't it? Can I encourage you to put God's name in there? To understand the character of God through Jesus Christ that I have manifest. And as, as Paul wrote, the boundless riches of Christ. Christ is our Good Shepherd. Christ is our Lord. Christ showed humanity the very nature of the Shepherd. And by the way, Jesus Christ was the first man to ever truly live. Psalm 23. Perfectly. Perfectly. Yeah, beautiful. I want to try and live Psalm 23 with Jesus' help. But he came and modeled 20. Look at the Psalm and then look at the Gospels and compare the life of Jesus with the message of Psalm 23, and you discover that Jesus Christ lived, Psalm 23. He did not fear for what he had because he knew God would meet all his needs. He came and was a man that was full. He knew the quiet still waters of communion with God. He walked a holy and righteous life. You know, he did not fear anything, even Romans and death. He did not fear anything because the Lord was with him in strength. His presence was always there. He represented a cup that overflowed. Jesus lived his life as giving and caring. Isn't it beautiful? You look at the Gospels and look at Psalm 23. Do you remember that scene? And I'll finish here. When they came to arrest Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. I've stood in the Garden of Gethsemane. You can imagine what it would have been like They come in and they say, where is this Jesus? And he goes to be betrayed by Judas. And they ask, are you him? Are you Jesus Christ? What does he say? I am he. And the Greek phrase is literally, I am. And their reaction to the self-revelation is telling. They drew back and they all fell to the ground. Because at that moment they got a glimmer of who Jesus really was. What did the Lord say to Moses in the burning bush? Moses says, who are you? I am who I am. I have always existed. I will always exist I am Yahweh, I am self-subsistent, I am independent, I am God. I am God. Now, as you meditate on this and the love of God and the character of God, I want to remind you of 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. As the King, King James Version puts it, fear hath torment. That's what fear does, it torments. It torments. But when you gaze into the face of God, fear cannot torment because his love is greater than any fear that you may have. So I have to set my mind and my thoughts and the invisible part of me to learn to think about God and keep God always before me. No other idols, no vanity, but keep the shepherd before me and I will fear no evil yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me. Father thank you for our time together thank you for the challenge of this that we this summer will ponder the very nature and wonder of God. And that our fears may vanish when we see how big, how great our God is. And we thank you, Jesus. That that's why you were not afraid. In that sense, to go through the work of the cross. And to step into darkness. To die for us and to pay the price for our sins. And that we may have life and life to the full. In Jesus' name. Amen.